Hi. Hi, Pamela. Welcome. Um, so, Pamela decided to join me on one of my episodes on my podcast. Uh, Pamela, do you want to just introduce yourself? Yeah, uh, my name is Pamela Dale and I uh, work at Calderdale College in Halifax. Um, I'm a GCSE English lecturer and one of the advanced practitioners at the college as well. Fantastic. So um, you're on your first year of the AP Connect uh, progress um, on Constellation B. Mm -hmm. So do you want to just tell me about your project and how you sort of came to make the decision on what you wanted to do? Yeah, um, so when we met up in October of last year, um, in the first thinking environment where we were going to discuss our projects, um, my initial idea was to think about feedback or maybe how I could encourage learners to um, analyse and empathise more when they were looking at a text. But the conversation in the group very quickly became um, an area where the vocational tutors were frustrated because they were having to chase um, attenders to English and maths and then the English tutors were frustrated <laughs> because um, they felt um, you know very much kind of like the, the bad guy and um, conversations were really really kind of aimed at look we try and make everything interesting we try and do you know make it sparkly as much as we can but at the end of the day, we've got an exam to teach to. Um, so it was actually, um, obviously I knew these kind of conversations happened, but it was really um, thought-provoking, <laughs> shall we say. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I came away thinking, I, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I want to make a difference with that. <laughs> Yeah, and I think it, it's a very common problem, isn't it? It's certainly something I think resonates with a lot of people that, you know, they've come to do the course that they really want to do at college and they really don't, you know, not all, but some students are really reluctant to go and do the GCSE and don't see why they need to do. So, yeah, I think that sounds like a and, and really interesting that you use that thinking environment to help you to actually clarify whether what you thought originally was what you wanted to do and you've come away from that thinking, actually, I think there's some uh, different work that needs to be done and that sort of sparks an interest and that's really exciting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe maybe that was the, the whole point. Maybe, maybe I knew these, these you know, frictions existed, but by being in the thinking environment and listening to other people, so hearing it from both sides, I think... I'd only have ever heard it from the other side on pro monitor and things like that, really. Um, before. Mm. So perhaps, you know, real people speaking together, maybe that was it. Because it was really powerful. It was really, really powerful. And, and I really did come away thinking, you know, I have to make a change there. I don't know what, what I'm going to do, <laughs> but I have to do something. I have to try. That sounds great. So... How did you actually, what, what was the, the, the aim of the, so you've, you've talked about what you decided you wanted yeah. to do, so how did you actually carry that out? What what sort of methodology did you use within that? Um, if I'm honest, um, it, it was very, it, there, there wasn't a particular methodology or, and for, for quite, a, from October to December, if I'm honest, it was just mulling it over and, and thinking mm. about it and thinking, I I, I, I began to think 
more about contextualizing English. So trying to make it more relevant to the students that way. Um, so that was one of my thought processes. And then um, I was also um, taking part in um, an action research at work um, through the ETF. Um, so I was getting together with people there to talk about things. And that was really the, the kind of where my project was born, really, because um, I got in contact with um, one of the health and social care tutors from college, Anne, who was also doing the action research. And she produced a lovely sway that um, showed her learners exactly where English and maths fitted into their vocational course. And so I said to her, I said, well, I love your sway. And um, she came to my classroom to discuss a student, actually. <laughs> it's, it's quite <laughs> ironic, really, <laughs> to discuss a student and, we, and we, uh, you know, absence and things. Um, and we got talking. And then all of a sudden, my project, or what, well, I say my, it's our, really, our project was born. So we, we just kind of, December, one Tuesday afternoon, um, we, we kind of just got into this conversation about mental health, which is what her speciality is. Um, and so we decided that we'd, we'd team teach. Um, she was going to come to my classroom and we were going to base the lesson, uh, the text from the lesson on the yellow wallpaper by Charlotte Perkins Gilman. We were going to um, turn the, the book into more of a, a statement from um, somebody suffering with mental health issues. Um, and so the, the, the lesson was then going to be sort of delivered to the kids. Um, and then they had to guess whether they'd been in an English or a maths lesson, uh, sorry, English or a health and social care lesson. Um, oh, I love it. So that's, that that's kind of where, where we were at. And we were going to, instead of getting them to do English tasks, we were going, mm. it was a case of writing um, care plans and, you know, looking at the statement and sort of analysing the characters' um, moods and symptoms and, you know, being able to um, empathise with, with the character and to make it a little bit more fun. Um, Anne's got um, they've got a mannequin in there in their department mm. so Margaret the mannequin so um, <laughs> Margaret the mannequin was going to be kind of our prop as well so so we were both so excited um, because I think really what what's soft come out of it is my feeling that it's very much the really it wasn't necessarily the, the team teaching it was the relationship that Anne and I developed that, that allowed us to understand each other's subjects more yeah I, I think that's really important and you know listening to you talk the fact that it was an idea that was born out of a normal conversation that you would have been having anyway and that you both wanted it, it wasn't this is your responsibility this is your responsibility the fact that you've actually took joint ownership of that responsibility and it's going to move forward for the students and for both of you to to get to where you want to. I think it's an amazing idea. Um, and I love the idea of team teaching with that member of staff and contextualising what it is that you're doing. Um, I teach early years, so a lot of what you've said just resonates really well with me. Um, and about explaining to them and giving them the opportunity to realise that they're going to be in a profession where they're going to have to write coherent records they might be used as evidence in certain situations so those basic English skills have got to be there 
for when they're actually employed. So I, I love that. I love how that's worked together. Yeah, absolutely. Because this this is what this is what Anne was um, saying to them. You know, if you're responsible for somebody's mental health and for their care plan, you know that care plan has to be you know coherent and understandable and so that it can be put into place properly so but if we if we never had that chance conversation because of a student's attendance mm. you know it, it it was it i don't it's not a light bulb moment it was just i was just like oh wow they fit together <laughs> and <they're> <laughs> <together> <laughs> so it, it, you that that's sort of you know what you're what you decided to do and obviously from what you've said it sort of moved forward it was successful have you tried to link that into other things have you thought about where you're going to take that what you're going to do with it in the future uh, I have yeah um unfortunately covid kind of yes. put too much you know most of it and um so and I'm shielding at the moment so we, we we've not really kind of been able to get together other than um on um teams and things but <laughs> we we have a master plan whether we're allowed to do it or not i don't know but, um, be positive we, be positive <laughs> we, we, we'd love to do a whole week or certainly you know maybe a couple of days of lessons where we run it as a team teach mm-hmm. and really see if we can embed both um subject areas into the lesson and really make it um an experience where they aren't really sure which kind of lesson they're in um which i'm hoping will kind of you know open their eyes to the fact that it's not bad you know big bad english and mm. social care um and we were hoping that you know that that friendship that we've we've made you know as an example to the students can only be positive but this week recent really um it, it's this idea of collaboration and this idea of talking that's really got me thinking um and so moving forwards um i still want to do that with Anne, and i still want to you know try my best to contextualize and share resources with each other with with different departments because i was talking to um, a sports tutor and they were talking about how they look at um sports rules from let's say the 1800s and sports rules for for now well that's paper two for us so you know conversations that i'm having (laughs) are switching light bulbs on in my head um and i'd love to have some kind of i don't know what some some area where we could come together as tutors and and swap resources yeah yeah i mean what sort of ideas sparking for me while we while we're talking and you're saying especially when you're thinking about other departments and trying to get it involved with getting the learners sort of that buy-in I know obviously at the minute we're at a certain point within the year but I think it'd be amazing to see how you could include that at the beginning of next year within your welcome week you know maybe a couple of departments to think Mm -hmm. about how so for right from day one they get to see how that vocational and English links together so they've got that understanding from like day one and whether that would have an impact on attendance moving yeah, forward absolutely because yeah I think this year you know the focus has got to be now on getting the evidence we need so that the students get the the qualification at the end of all this but yeah next year 
I'm, I'm really excited. I can't wait to see how this all plays out. But also what's kind of come with it this week is from a lesson that I've done this week is this talking communication, the ideas room. And my lesson this week, the, the kids haven't written hardly anything, a couple, you know, words, that's it. But we've had conversations mm. and it's just been amazing. I, I've, I've never really had any lessons like it. And <laughs> the, the conversations that I've had with the students this week, it really made me realise that I didn't really know them. I thought I did, but I didn't. Yeah. And the skills that we've used by them, you know, verbalising their story and talking about things on their bucket list and talking about their constellations. So I use the constellations. They talked about their constellations and our constellation in the classroom. And it's just been such a, a wonderful week. Um, so I think it, it's sort of like come full circle, if you like, where that just this idea of talking and allowing people to have their voice can be yeah. so powerful. Yeah, it- it is it is really really powerful and um I, I completely go with what you're saying i've i have tried using like the thinking environment sometimes with my learners um we've used it as like a revision tool so we've done the thinking circle um and and gone round and done done that same sort of idea um to help them clarify what they already know and what they need to know and talk about revision and like you say it's giving them that time to do something but to listen to it to each other and yeah. those softer skills which you've yeah. got to have whatever vocation thinking about your English you know art is speaking and listening all those different things it sort of brings them together yeah. um, and it is really really important yeah because I only, I asked them to talk for a minute this week mm. and this they found it so difficult um and but it was it was it was beautiful but they just found it so difficult so I thought I need to encourage this I need to do more with this um and the the other thing I was going to say sorry I lost my train of thought there um back to the constellation b meeting back in October and I was one of those tutors who were saying, you know, but we've got an exam to teach to. <laughs> and and this week is my defining moment, if you like, of, hang on a minute, Pamela Dale. <laughs> you know, yes, you have got an exam to teach to, but that doesn't have to be the driving force for your lessons. What ha- what the driving force for my lessons has to be the things that I've I've done this week with them and 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 I've you know I've learned myself that I've got to be open to new possibilities and to you know new collaborations and new ideas and and things like that to change my practice yeah I, 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 it's, it's it's you do get stuck in certain ways of doing things you do what you've always done you do what your line managers are asking you to do you know, meet, like you say, meeting the exam and those sides of it. And sometimes it, it's having that freedom and that space to sit back and think about what you want to do and where you want to take it and just remember the focus, really, of what it is that you're there for and how that's going to help your learners. And I completely understand what you're saying about the constellations, having those environments where you can have safe conversations 
-hmm. say what you want to do, whether that's with your learners, whether that's with other staff, colleagues, peers, really gives you that opportunity. I can't get to the thinking environment, uh, the ideas room and things as much as I want to do as part of the AP Connect because mm -hmm. of, you know, everything else that takes over. Mm -hmm. uh, but when I do manage to go to something, I come away and I always come away with a couple of fresh ideas. But I think the main thing that I always take from that environment and doing things in that way is validation of what I'm already thinking and clarity of thought in yeah. what I want to do, where I'm going to and why I'm actually doing what I'm doing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I feel the same. And I feel in, in, a, in a tiny way <laughs> that I think my students this week felt validated. And I think, mm. you know, maybe, you know, there's that. Folks, folk, they were individuals in my lesson this week. They weren't a collection of students, you know, whose who's, who's exam was the priority. They, they were just students in the class and we did things that were applicable to the qualification but you know I found out things about my students that I'd, I would never have known if I'd if I'd not had these conversations with them this week um so it's just there's a lot to think about in September moving towards yeah. September you know yeah lots and lots yeah. of ideas that I want to I want to carry on with um and, you know, ultimately, really, I think what I'm saying here, maybe I've gone off track a little tiny bit, but it's relationships, isn't it? Because it's the relationship that I built with Anne. Mm -hmm. It's the relationship with the students. It's the relationship that I'm building with other tutors from different vocational areas by having this conversation, these conversations. Um, so it's, I think it's that. It's that just working on the relationships to improve, you know, the, the, the educate, the learning experience that the learners have definitely and you know that'd be it'd be a good reflection to maybe do with with your learners towards the end you know maybe around after they've sat their exam or whatever to sort of have those conversations about how doing that team teachers help them where it's taken them to and you know giving them that opportunity to sort of say what they would like moving forward or what they think might help the next year group so that yeah. they can become part of that project because as you said they are individuals and in their own way have played a really really uh, crucial part in your journey yeah absolutely yeah um yeah because I think kind of I'd maybe had that sort of thing in mind I'd, we've started a jar of positivity well <laughs> things that things that they're thankful for that's what we've looked at this week and they've just put them in the jar and we're going to, they're anonymous, but we just thought at the end of the course, we'll go back to them and we'll have a little think about them and see if anything's changed or, so I think that might be the lesson there where we kind of discuss, you know, have a thinking environment and have, yeah, let's get their ideas of, mm. you know, what, what I can do moving forwards to help, you know, the next, the next year group. Brilliant. That sounds amazing, Pamela. It sounds like it's, you know, as we found with our project, it's it it's been so powerful and I've learned so much from it. And, you know, it's taken me on so many different journeys and um it does make me laugh out like doing podcasts and things like that. If you'd asked me when I first started, would I ever do anything like this? I'd have been like, Oh no, no, not 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 at all. Definitely not. Um and now people are asking to to do them with me, which is just so lovely. And that 
the project has given us those opportunities and those spaces to do things and collaborate with with our peers within FE, but not in a competitive or threatening way, which I think that's that's been the, the, the most joyous part of it, that you're getting ideas from so many different people that you can, you know, take from that what what resonates with you, what you think is you. Obviously, sometimes you have to get your own little thinking environment going in your own head, don't you? So many ideas yeah. flying around. What do I need to actually yeah. do? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and I'm the same. I, I, this, this, this part being part of this project, it's been life changing, mm. <laughs> and that's not too strong a sentence. It, it has been life changing, and yes, if you'd have asked me in October, would I be um, recording a podcast <laughs> with anybody? <laughs> the answer would have been no way I'm far too shy to be doing any of that (laughs) um but I'll talk that's another thing that's come from this project though as well about courage and that's the 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 what we've been talking about in class this week as well but having courage to try new things and AP Connect Constellation B has given me the courage to try new things and to not worry so much if if I fail or if, if it's not kind of like accepted or if it's you know somebody doesn't like it you know at the end of the day does it matter yeah and you've given it a go and you've had a try and I, I completely um feel the same I've tried so many different things I've done so many different things it's given me a completely different skill set and it has just been amazing and the networks and things that we've built from that and the fact that I'm now you know putting out the voice of what we're doing at our college and what we've done with Bolton and then celebrating what other colleges doing is just amazing. Oh, it's been so lovely to talk, Pamela. Really enjoyed yeah, it. Really and enjoyed I hope, um, let's hope there's a, a year four and you get to move up to Constellation C and, oh, you know, gosh, take yeah. your project further. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I can't wait. I can't imagine my life without it now, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lovely to chat. Take yeah, care. Thank you. you too. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Hello. Hello. Today we're going to do another episode of my podcast, Teaching from the Front, Um, changing it slightly to Teaching in the Front of the Computer. Stacey has joined me from Oldham College and she's an advanced practitioner. Stacey, how have you found the uh, change from being in college to going back to the full online remote delivery? Um, I think in in this particular lockdown, um, it's not been as well it's been disruptive but not to the extent of the first one I think staff in the first one kind of found a foundation of being able to teach to some extent online I think when we went back in September we still was using a blended learning model so they still was using online delivery in some form and when we come back in January um I think staff felt a bit more comfortable, but what we found is they're more, um, in, in a way, wanting to try new things as well with students um, to try and get the students engaged a bit more. Um, working that's, really, online. That's, that's really interesting. It's very similar to our situation. Um, last time, you know, we didn't have as many departments that were trying the online delivery. They were doing more a blended approach. When we were in college, we had some doing the virtual synchronous streamed teaching half in class half out um and some doing the blended but we've had such a great enthusiasm from staff this time to really try the different ways of online teaching and 
trying, like you've just said, different platforms, different um, tech to do. But I think some staff, I don't know about it, yours felt they had to use different platforms and were forgetting sometimes about the pedagogy and just keeping it simple sometimes. Yes, Alison, I was um, I was talking about this the other day. Um, and I think, because at the moment we're doing learning walks just for supportive reasons but you know what some of the best classes I've been in are those ones where it's been kept very simple but it's very effective because we can see the students um, making progress the participating um, and they've been excellent classes I think sometimes staff might feel a little bit under pressure that there are so many apps and they feel like they need to use multiple apps within a lesson and and as you said it's taking away that teaching learning and assessment it's more about the tools and I think sometimes um we, we need to kind of bring that down a bit and 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 just kind of share what other teachers are doing so that it's it's more consistent like you know just use um either G Suite or if you want to just use Nearpod do that don't use five or six um, because it, it confuses the students as well and what we want to be able to see is those students making progress and those students actually learning the subject rather than a new app. Yeah, I completely agree and we've been obviously been doing very similar things. We've um, asked for staff that have become a bit more confident with the online teaching uh, to put themselves forward through the programme managers for remote drop-ins so the other APs and the quality team have just been dropping into lessons for between 10 minutes, 30 minutes, just to see what's happening. And we've all come away just totally inspired and so happy to see that staff are trying things. And like you said, we've seen a real mix of some people just sharing a PowerPoint, talking, questioning, doing those, those basic good teaching skills and I've also seen some great use of um, Nearpod and other things. But even when those have been used, they've kept it simple. They've used one platform if they have used that for the lesson, but made sure that they're still having lots of opportunity for assessment, checking of understanding, questioning. Um, we tend to use Zoom or Teams. And we again, seen a good mix of both being used really effectively, especially the breakout rooms. And I think it's the teachers have been really grateful of the feedback that we've given them because none of us know what good looks like in this yeah. <laughs> uh, in, in this, uh, this, this yep. situation, do we? And I think it's been really nice to sort of validate my own ideas from my own teaching when I've seen somebody else do what I do and think oh yeah that does work really well <laughs> um and they've been doing the same do you feel similar yeah yeah absolutely like I've learned so much from from watching other people's classes and taking so much away from it um and some of the strategies that I've seen with the use of breakout rooms, because when they first come onto, onto the Google Meets, it was like, oh, my God, this is going to change our life. And it has, it has slightly, it has, <laughs> has changed te teaching slightly. But I've seen them used in multiple different ways, which is, is really good. Because initially I thought, oh, yeah, it's just for group work. But I've seen, I've seen staff using them to kind of do one-to-ones with students, so taking them out of 
the main room into a breakout room and and communicating um, with students that way. I've also seen, um, like, for example, we have students who have support as well in the classes. So when students are working independently, the breakout rooms have been used um, for students to go into with their support worker, which I thought was brilliant. I've seen the breakout rooms used as, as a process of task completion as well. Um, and it was excellent. And what I found when I when I watched that was that when students are completed working in, in the first breakout, they were asking for more work to be able to move up the breakout rooms. And it, it, it become like a bit competitive between them. But they were all doing something. They were all learning. And um, so, yeah, it, it has been really wow. positive, the breakout rooms. Yeah, that sounds really, really interesting. Um, and again, I've seen similar things. Um, one lesson observation I went to on Teams, the um, lecturer sort of took me with her on the tour of the of the breakout rooms. So, you know, we'd just both go in and join. And what was nice, I was on a slight delay behind her. So I came in just afterwards and, you know, saw her still doing what you would do in a classroom, still questioning mm. and supporting. Um, but then as she left, it, it took about 20 seconds for me to leave the room. And mm. it was so encouraging to see the learners actually still on task and still carrying on with what they were supposed to be doing. Oh, uh, you know, which was, yeah, it was really, really nice to see. Um, because there's oh. so many ways you can use it. And I do think it's been a lifeline for getting back to doing that group work that we couldn't do yeah. um and you know the one thing I haven't tried yet that I do want to try is the option on zoom where learners can choose which room they go in uh but I think that would only work with bigger groups oh oh yeah, yeah that, can... I've been to meetings like that um mm. yeah, we can't do that on google meets yet hopefully we will be able to but I like that idea of um, being taken on a tour yeah I know, I really liked it. And um, something that she put in place was um, room captains. And I've, I've, I love being an advanced practitioner and going into the other people's lessons and just stealing, taking little nuggets. Our yeah. bowerbirds, as uh, Lou Mycroft would say, our <laughs> bowerbird moment. Um, so she sets a room captain. Yeah. And that person has to lead it. In some ways, it's like a chairperson for a meeting. So they're having to lead the session. And they take the notes and they nominate who's going to feed back. So it gives that person, it's a completely, you yeah. know, it's developing those employability skills as well as, you know, it's all those softer skills that can still be de developed in that online world, which I just mm. think is so inspirational yeah, and, really and exciting. I think we find, like I'm, of my course, because I'm a business teacher, um, I do a lot of things, you know, where they <clears throat> have to hold their own meetings because it's, it, it's part of, of um, the subject, really. Um, and it's always good to give people a role within group work to ensure that, you know, ev everyone is doing something, everyone feels involved, especially because you, you always get the louder students and the quieter students. <laughs> but if they've got a role and a responsibility, um, I think they feel more part of that group as well. So I really like that idea. That's really good. Yeah, and I, I, it was. It was really nice. And I think in this where we've got, you know, your less confident learners and things, in some ways, 
I've seen some of those quieter learners are actually engaging more in online lessons than they did in the classroom. And I know that's feedback I've had from other staff across the college mm. as well, especially the use of the chat or if it is a collaborative platform where they can actually put up what they want and nobody else knows it's doesn't always know it's them that said it if they've got the chance to be anonymous whereas as a teacher you can go back on afterwards and have a look it's it's getting everybody involved a little bit more and taking it to to that next step and I think Mm. that's what I've I've really seen this time is that staff are really thinking and planning in a better way for what suits and what doesn't suit but certainly the the main thing to remember I think in a lot of ways is the lesson does take a lot longer. Oh, it does. I don't know whether your staff have found that. Yeah, everything is have... everything's slower. Like even when you're asking a student a question, you've got you've got that pause point, haven't you? Um, where you're waiting for him to put the mic on. Um, but yeah, it 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 does slow down. Something that I've just thought about though, like listen, when you were um talking about the breakout rooms, is like for us as teachers, we find like other communities, like we have our FE community. Um, where we kind of go to for kind of support and just to speak to other people and to help ourselves develop. With the breakout rooms, what I found is because students are in smaller groups and they're talking, it's creating a very small community for them as well um, and really um, focusing on those social skills. So I've said to them before, like in in one of my classes, I said, look, you have to do this group work now, so they'll go into the breakout room. And I said, if you want to, as long as you're working, have a chat about what you've been up to, mm. about what you've been doing at the weekend. Because I think sometimes, because they're so isolated, that gets forgotten about. Like, And every time they're online, they're just a student. When they're not, they're humans. And I, I'm trying to encourage that, that social interaction a lot more recently. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It really it's the well-being and everything, yeah. isn't it? I've got a, a one group I've got that are a smaller group. There's only nine in the class. If I've been doing one-to-ones and I've set them, you know, ta- individual tasks and things like that, what I've done is I've actually put them in a breakout room altogether, and I've stayed in the main room and had a one-to-one yeah. so that they've got that opportunity to you know it's on they can have a chat I'm not listening in yeah um so they're there to support each other so yeah I think that's really good the other feature that we've just discovered this week and students are amazing they work things out so much quicker than (laughs) I do to do with tech um is the whiteboards that they can use in the breakout rooms um on zoom and they were so excited oh, uh, the feedback was like it's like having flip chart paper again oh. and i love it <laughs> <laughs> and they could color code um they could all you know one person took the the responsibility and wrote on it yeah and i teach early years and we've been doing about um child development theory and one group had to do about what they could remember you know a recall activity about skinner's theory she drew all the images on. She drew oh. a Skinner box. She drew the people. She drew a reward chart. It was just amazing. Oh, so, yeah, really allowing for that creativity again within within the lessons. So you mentioned before that you've also been doing walkthroughs and things. Have yeah. you um, thought any further about trying to encourage other staff, other staff to do peer peer walkthroughs peer drop-ins yeah I think I think that would be the next step you know Alison because we learn so much from each other um and I think 
just trying to keep it as informal as possible. Like when I've been doing learning walks, I've asked if it's okay if I go in, not just turning up. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's been really encouraging because staff are like, yeah, just pop in. Um, and then, you know, I give them feedback if, if they want the feedback and it's all dead informal. Don't record anything. Don't write anything down. Um, and I think, I think, after half term it would be really good if staff just popped in each other's classes because there's so much happening and people are doing so many different things and all those different things I'm finding are all very effective as well so and I think as well it's supporting each other like creating more of a supportive culture um you know cheering each other on kind of a thing um using lots of positive words I like that idea um so absolutely I'd, I'd love that to happen I've actually mm-hmm. invited people into into my sessions this week some some trainee teachers and they loved it you know they didn't have the cameras on or anything they just sat sat at the in the background but then when I put them into breakout <laughs> rooms they kind of ended up in a breakout room and they joined in and they loved it you know just being able to speak to students but on the flip side of that students liked it as well because it, it was someone new it was like oh who's yeah <laughs> I actually went into um a level when we did the the drop-ins we've done we've actually asked staff to invite you know they've known exactly when we were going like you it's been non-judgmental yeah. or anything like that and um I went into one and after a couple of minutes it was a level one class and one of them shouts out who's Alison <laughs> <laughs> so I okay, I just I just turned my mic and my camera on and introduced myself and um you know they were like oh you enjoy you know and they were questioning me which was lovely yeah. what we've done um uh, we this year we've um asked staff to volunteer to be teaching and learning champions so staff yeah. who've been part of our um the project we did the last two years for ap connect was the good to great project where we were trying to focus on you know get away from that deficit model focus mm. on improving teaching and learning yeah. um and staff were given you know a lot of support and a lot of peer observations again then so some of those staff and others across the college have sort of put themselves forward wow. um on a purely voluntary thing to be a teaching and learning champion um and we've actually asked them we had a meeting on monday and we've now put them into you know like little teaching triangle groups yes and we're asking them to pop in and out of each other's lessons um and do the same sort of thing and we've had so far we've had some absolutely amazing feedback and what's been really nice is as we know in the real you know in college mm. trying to get people out of their department into another department can be extremely beneficial yeah and we've had an ESOL teacher who's gone to see a construction teacher and vice versa and the feedback that they've given and the things they've actually said I'd not thought about that but that absolutely would work in the way that I'm teaching yeah that you know has been really really good and I think because we're a two campus site it can be really hard to get you know to get the time to go over to a different campus to see a different department mm-hmm. it is a real struggle so being able to do that in this way where you're only you've no traveling time yeah. and it's 20 minutes half an hour so we're hoping that's going to really take off over the next couple really of weeks fun. and then we can pull together you know little snapshots of feedback and good practice to share with the rest of the staff yeah that sounds really good and all you have to do is press the on button on your laptop you, you don't have to run around in the rain because <laughs> it's always raining 
preparing the north. <laughs> um, it certainly is. Um, yeah, we were doing teaching triangles last year, but I think I think at the moment because staff have been trying to find the feet teaching online and I think they have now mm-hmm. I think they've all found like their own comfort areas so I think it'd be great to get something like that up and running again um but as I said before you know just for that cheering on factor like and you know oh you've done brilliant and just providing positive feedback just talking about you know what has gone really well um non-judgmental um when I did some feedback yesterday with a tutor um the smile on her face because she'd really struggled with um teaching online since March um she had no confidence in it anything and I went in yesterday and it was the simple yet most effective class I've probably seen and then I give her the feedback and the smile on her face and you know it just lifts people doesn't it it does yeah and like you say it it, it is it's that validating that what they're doing is working and you get that from your students as well. Mm. But, and it's, you know, we, we've tried to put together, we, well, we're still working on like top tips and things like yeah. that. And I'm sure like other te- you know, we all do the same types of things. I sat there the other day trying to think about how to do a matching activity that I do in class about social medical model of disabilities that works really, really well. And I thought, how am I going to do this? And I'm trying to think, shall I do it on Flipbridge? Shall I do it on this? Shall I do yeah. it on that? And I thought, Alison, just, just, get them to have a piece of paper one that says social model one that says medical <laughs> model read it out and they hold it up yeah yeah <laughs> because I'd been overthinking myself and trying to and that's what we did and it was really really good and we got some really good discussions mm-hmm. and feedback and I've seen similar things in other people's sessions where you know even just using the reactions emojis getting everybody to put a thumbs up or yeah. thumbs down yeah um or using the chat I mean we're trying some some class I've been to students are more than happy cameras are on and they're happy to speak out verbally and quite confident in that in that forum really mm. whereas others I've been to learners are more reluctant to have the cameras on um, and prefer to use the, the chat function and I think that's you know it's as much as we can encourage that well-being check of cameras on yeah. and things that's a whole other uh, conversation wow, yeah. really but <laughs> It's just nice to see that people are, are making the effort. Yeah, I think. Um, so your final thoughts. Oh, sorry, go on. Sorry, Stacey. I was just going to say um, final thoughts, really. My final thought. What would you, be your top tip? Um, my top tip is 100% keep it simple. And when we're thinking about what we're seeing as good practice, not talking about the tools, talking about, um, and also not talking about good practice being just in that moment. To me, good practice is seeing how people have developed over time. That's good practice because it shows that they've engaged in CPD. They've, you know, they've really been trying um, to develop in, in this online world, which has been so difficult. And, and that shouts out to me, good practice. Um, but, yeah, keeping it simple. Um, using the functions that you've got available, as, as you said, Alison. So use that chat box use the raise and box um and something else is that if i think for for good practice from the perspective of of the student is if those learners are engaged and what are they doing and how are they doing it are, are they making progress because that's what it should be about really 
100%. So just if you're planning any of your lessons, I think what one of the top tips is just have your learners in mind and, and just make sure what can they be doing in the lesson, not what tools am I going to use to be able to do this. Yeah. Yeah, completely agree, Stacey. Um, and again, it's 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 that personal thought about your learners if yeah. you take that, you know, what if you're teaching this, even if you're teaching the same lesson to a couple of groups, you know your learners, you know which which groups one strategy will work with, but you might actually have to change that slightly for a different yeah. group. Or also give it a go. Yeah. Because I think sometimes certainly with lower level learners and things we and assumptions made or they might not like that but actually give it a go try it I think this is our real opportunity to try something Mm. different embrace it and if it doesn't work it doesn't work you reflect on it (laughs) you think about how to change it and you try something different yeah just switch it on and off again that normally works (laughs) yeah it's not working right okay we won't do that. I tried Teams for a lesson yesterday with one of my groups oh. uh, because they're going to and I said it'd be really good for you to try a different platform. You're used to Zoom. Let's have a go on Teams, see what you think. Um, and at the end, I said, right, what did we think? We didn't like it, Alison, because we can't see each other all the time. Aww. And for them, that's the important thing. I know that they are such a good group and they are so friendly with yeah. each other that they miss being able to see each other. So for them you know that that's what they've said so I've gone with what they yeah. wanted and you know it's, it's we've tried to encourage teachers ask your students yeah. ask them what they yeah. like and if there's things that they like in somebody else's lesson you know contact that teacher and say you know well how did you that's do that idea. I know the students like it but keeping mixing it up as well yeah not always having every lesson the same way and if you're going to try something practice on your colleagues first that's if, yeah. if you have time to just have a quick practice <laughs> I, I think I think that's what has helped me with things practicing it first because I mean even even as APs we don't know everything either and there's so oh, many gosh, things that have no. gone wrong for me as well um but it's it's how you come out the other side and, and fix it and you know human and technology isn't the you know 100% reliable and I think we just need to keep that in our in our minds sometimes definitely yeah, I've actually, we we um, have offered out, we've sort of had a day where we've been there for people to contact us. And that was one of the things that we said, you know, we'll be your yeah. learners. If you've tried to put something together and you don't know how it's going to work, then we can just be that person on exactly. the other side. Um, oh, thank you so much, Stacey. Oh, it's been so lovely to talk to you. Thank you for inviting me. Okay. And um... <laughs> I think it's it changed the up that it morning. Has. Thank you very much. Okay. You too, Hi Angie. So I just thought we could have a conversation really about since we came back in September, obviously there's been the changes under the current restrictions with COVID and as teachers we're having to talk and teach and do everything from our two metre box at the front of the classroom. While you've been supporting staff, what are the challenges or experiences that you've come across really? Um... Okay, well, obviously, it goes against all of the things that we've been telling staff to do for the last goodness knows how many years. Um, And uh, sort of current educational practice has always encouraged us to use lots of group work. It's wanted us to move around and um, 
teach the class from different parts of the class so that we, we can you know, go to the back, we can stand on diagonals to help us with our behaviour management. So there's all sorts of things that we've been telling staff to do to improve their practice and now suddenly we can't do any of those things. And it's come as a bit of a shock, I think, for us and also for the staff who are thinking, well, what do I do then? Mm. So Yeah, and that's certainly been my experience. I'm still teaching and supporting other staff having to stand at the front, certainly in September, I had to keep stopping myself. I felt frustrated. I kept trying to walk forward and realising that I couldn't um, and trying to be really organised. So I'm trying to make sure that handouts and resources and things are ready on the tables at the beginning of a lesson mm. so mm. that you've not got to then circulate around the classroom. But that has its downsides because some groups won't flick and look through the resources that are there, but others want to because... They're on the desk. Yeah, they're on the desk, of course. And we've, I mean, one of the strategies that we've used and and we've shared with a lot of our stuff is to put together a pack of learning materials. So I've got things like a mini board and uh, a whiteboard pen, post-it notes, um, little um, true-false discussion type um, cards laminated so that they can take part in, in an interactive sort of session and so that they have those ready every week um, they can just bring them out and, and they don't have to then share resources or, or co- go and collect resources from a central point. Um, it's been very hard not being able to get people to come up to the board because that's another thing that, that I've, I've always done. I've always got learners to come up and you know put things on the board, share things, put do answers together. Um, group work has been yeah. really tricky. <laughs> I know, I mean... It, it, trying to engage a little bit with the digital technologies that are available. Um, I think we've both discussed before about using things like Mentimeter, Nearpod. I've trialled using Poll Everywhere and I'm quite liking that. I think Mm. there's a lot further I could go with that. It's still getting used to using it, but again, it's it's more technology that you're trying to get to grips with and you don't want to impose too many different things on your learners because they get confused and it's going back to that pedagogy. Are you doing that because you think you should or are you doing it because there's a purpose for it with your teaching? Do you think that's something that other teachers are doing? I I think I haven't seen as much technology as I expected to see as I've been doing advisory observations. Partly I think it's because of technical issues so certainly when I, the last time I tried to use a Nearpod in the classroom, half of my class couldn't get on um, due to Wi-Fi issues or, or whatever. They hadn't got a connection, which which meant that as an activity, it's, it's, it doesn't work. I mean, unless you've got a plan B that you can have half of them doing it interactively and half of them doing it on their whiteboards, which you can, but it, it kind of it takes away the impact, really, of the activity. Um so and I, I've always been a little bit wary of, of having too much technology in class. You know, I'm a bit of an old-fashioned <laughs> flip chart kind of teacher, <laughs> and I, I find that you know sometimes the time it takes for people to put themselves into a um, a bit of e you know e learning technology, uh, get themselves logged on, get everybody in the class ready to go. You know, you've had ten minutes have passed, and you could have done it all already on the on the board or on a flip chart. So yeah. so I've always been a little bit wary about. Yeah having too much technology and I think going back to what you were saying before that was was interesting um we're trying to get to you know we've worked for years and years trying to get teachers to do more active things within the classroom um 
I know from colleagues of mine that I've spoken to, those teachers that do do that are finding this new process a lot harder mm. than those teachers who've been quite stuck in the way and have liked doing the chalk and talk yes. type activities yeah. who I think some of them are now, hmm. <laughs> 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 I, I'm fine, I can carry on doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Have you got examples of that? Um, or Yes, I, I, I think that certainly from talking through the, the range of things that we can do, um, I think it's been interesting to, to talk to the teachers who want to experiment and, and say, well, you know, I don't like to just stand here at the front. What can I do to engage the learners? And as we've become a little bit more familiar with the, what we can and can't do, certainly I've been able to have more pair discussion. I've, I've even been able to have COVID safe group work going on, but it, it, it obviously takes quite a lot of organisation, but it can happen um, pretend, depending on the size of your room. Uh, and whether you can actually get people far enough away from each other but it, it can be done yeah. and I think that the more sort of perhaps creative and imaginative teachers are now thinking about ways around um, just being stuck in one place and, yeah. and, 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 and the teachers who are less keen to think about those things well they're just carry, they are just carrying on doing what they always do which as you say is stand at the front and talk yeah. which is much less effective even in the current circumstances mm -hmm. so we, we've got to try to engage those people and, and get them to, to think a bit more about what they're, they're trying to do yeah and um, I've been doing quite a bit of virtual synchronous teaching so I've had a group at home joining live streaming through zoom um and in the classroom and what i've found really interesting is i can do the group work with those that are at home because i can put them into breakout rooms um and the feedback from them has been really positive because they've enjoyed doing that mm -hmm. and then within the room we've managed to do peers pairs but on separate desks so that's yeah worked quite nice and it's quite funny thinking about making sure you're including everybody so I've become where we have the in the room and <laughs> yeah, at home has become a regular phrase within my teaching um we are now back all back in together at the moment um so I've got my larger classes there and because they are maybe sat closer with masks on we're able to have some small group work but as you said it's just trying to think about different ways that you can mm -hmm. do that um, and different resources that you can use, even if it's laminated resource or a, a nominated scribe who writes things down so that then it can be presented. Yes. Um, and um, just presenting from the seats. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely presenting mm. from the seats. Um, I've used some, I, I, I like to do a lot of kinesthetic sort of matching and manoeuvring bits of card around and, and in groups um, and I've had nominated manoeuvrers if like. <laughs> so there's you know only one person gets to touch the cards but I've made them so that the, the print is big enough so that everybody in the group can see uh, but only one person is actually t you know, manipulating those cards and moving them around and that that's worked um, definitely presenting from from the desk uh, has worked although I have I have been able to get people up occasionally as long as you know it's only mm. one at a time and you know they're, they're sort of presenting to the group um yeah it's it's a challenge <laughs> it certainly is <laughs> it's a real challenge it certainly is and I mean we've what we've actually done and I do think it, it's helpful a visual aid we've actually got the two meter box taped out on the floor at the front of the classrooms um 
and it does sort of I think it helps teachers that I'm a teacher that likes to move around the classroom so I've got my little box I can move around in and I feel a bit more confident that I've got that space and I know it's my space and I feel safe in that mm -hmm. space and my learners feel safe in that space um and it's interesting I think the learners that have come straight fresh this year my 16 year olds that have come straight from school are just glad to be in the classroom with other people after yes. having the six months yeah. at home mm. um i think it's returning learners that are finding it have found it harder because they know how we yeah, like they're to making teach. a comparison aren't yeah they? um and they yeah. they struggled a bit and actually one week when I sort of made the decision, right, I have I only have a small group of nine, so I've got three rows. So the person in the middle came and they got a flip chart paper on their workstation. The excitement in the room was bizarre. <laughs> We've got flip Never chart have paper. they been so excited to write on a flip chart. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they really enjoyed it and wanted to do things and then wanted me to put it up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and this is like second year level three learners and they just wanted to have that little touch of normality back yes, um yes. in in what we're doing and i think it's really important to ask them what they're enjoying and what's working for them as well so that they're taking some of the responsibility getting a chance to have their input into what works for them yes. and what things they haven't liked and some things have been a disaster so certainly <laughs> so what, when what hasn't worked what hasn't worked when i've done virtual teaching um videos are really hard yeah because yeah. you're trying to watch it in the classroom the learners at home have got to open up the powerpoint on the virtual learning platform mm. because they can't see the video while you're playing it in class so it's taking a lot longer because you've got to make sure at the beginning of the lesson you're going in you've got to log on you've got to get your zoom open make sure everybody's on open up the lesson that you're using that you want to share if you are using something like nearpod make sure that's open mm. and then each step along the way it just takes an extra few minutes to do each part of it so that that can be quite yeah. quite a struggle so you've got to really work think about what am i doing what's the purpose of it and what's going to have the most impact in that session rather than well i'm, I'm a bit bored of standing at the front what can i put in there that will be making it more exciting yeah um google forms has worked quite well right i found yeah. that a really so how useful have you used that? What, what have you done? so we've used that as a quiz at the beginning of the session so yeah. i'm teaching an exam unit so they've got to have that recall mm -hmm. which can be quite hard to manage when you've got some at home and some in the classroom and even all in the classroom because you can't go over and see what somebody's yeah. written <laughs> so you know you're limited in, in that formative assessment mm -hmm. that's happening so i've used that as quizzes and they've all just opened it up on the phone i've put it on the front page on the virtual learning platform and they just clicked on it they've had a, a time scale to do it mm -hmm. um and they actually really enjoy the visual so i then on the board have the responses up so they can see yeah yeah where people are up to and then we can look at you know what those responses are talk through each question we've got a bit of maths in there because we've got the charts and the mm. pie charts and the bar charts and we can have that discussion around a bit of revision and a bit of revision about yeah. those questions um i don't share the names when it's up on the board but i know yeah afterwards i can open up the excel report and i can see exactly what every learner's done so it's giving me that assessment for learning mm. back that can be really hard in a large group in a classroom and in fact it's actually it's giving you the practice at using a tool that you perhaps haven't even thought about doing before so that there are some 
some positives yes, that we can take away from this that we've actually become a lot more tech savvy mm-hmm. haven't we yeah we, uh, and although it's exhausting what you were saying about you know having to make sure that people are on making sure that everything's open in advance you know it it, it is very very tiring by the end of a, a, mm-hmm. a remote session or a, 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 a synchronous session where you've got remotes and in, in class, it's, it's completely exhausting. And then when teachers have got to then move on to the next group and do the whole thing again, yeah. it, it, the, work, the workload is yeah, intense. It, it is, it and really I think is. it's the, the level of concentration you've got to have within the lesson, and I'm not saying that you wouldn't do that normally, but... When you set group activities, you have a little bit of downtime where yeah. you can, you know, you let them just have a few minutes before you then go over. And it's that building of relationships as well with your learners that has been a challenge. Mm-hmm. So when we've had groups at home, you know, split groups, we weren't aware of who had made friendships with who. Um, and when they came back in, our seating plan, we've sort of done that on because we've had to have a set seating plan so that we know who sat near who because of COVID and track and trace. And And we were doing that off what we thought was suitable for them and we made some mistakes because we've not seen Mm. those friendships forming and we'd put some together that were very friendly that (laughs) maybe wasn't the right thing. Um, So that's been really interesting when seeing them come back in and start to make those relationships with each other and for us to get some of those relationships stronger mm-hmm. so that you've got that that coherence within your classroom and that rapport mm-hmm. it was like starting again in some ways yeah. um, and I, I think when you're standing at the front as well what you don't have a chance to do is that smaller interaction where you you, you wander around the classroom you have a look and see what people are doing people are not afraid to ask you questions because they're not talking in front of the whole group you know you've got that little bit of a chance to mm. relate to people on a one-to-one basis which when you're standing at the front in a in a taped yellow box like yeah. something out of a <laughs> crime scene yeah you know, it's, it's very difficult to have those kind of mm. one-to-one conversations absolutely so, and the online as well you know yeah. you can't have an online conversation with that just is with one person because yeah. the whole group can can hear it and see it yeah and if you do want to speak to one person because you are concerned about them there's nowhere within your class you can do that in a confidential quiet way so it's then can you just you know you might let at the end of your session just can I just have a quick word with you for a couple of minutes? And then they think that there's, you know, no matter yes. how nicely you say it... <laughs> they think you, they've done they something wrong. Some, yeah, they've done yeah. something wrong. And then you sort of say, oh, you know, I've noticed you're a bit quiet. Those pastoral things that you would normally, mm-hmm. you could do quietly within a lesson, yeah. you're now having to leave till the end. And actually, it might be something that you really needed to know earlier on. Mm-hmm. So uh, thank you, Angie. That's been really informative. You're very welcome. <laughs> Hi, so today I'm with Greg Scully, who is the Centre Director at Hotwood Hall College for Creative and Service Industries. Um, Greg manages a large department and we're just going to chat about how he supported staff within his department and we've been doing a lot of departmental reviews where we've been doing lots of learning walks on lessons and to see what sorts of things have come from that. So Greg, if we think about the department reviews... Firstly, what sort of things have you observed while you've been in lessons, good practice or things that you've seen that staff have maybe found challenging? I think the big difference is you can see that it's a step away from some people from their normal teaching methods. That makes it difficult, becomes less of a a natural process. 
um, there is a lot more didactic teaching um, and it's about trying to make that didactic teaching as uh, effective as possible and that's quite difficult if you've, if you've been through a, uh, a training system that's kind of pushed you away from being didactic I mean you know when I first started 30 years ago there was still as part of the teaching qualification the concept of dictation I mean you know that's how much <laughs> we've managed to move on since then um, and that, that you can see that for some people that's quite difficult it also very much depends on the subject so if you split the curriculum that I see into two aspects which is in old language you'd have what I would call craft areas and non-craft areas the non-craft areas uh, can adapt quite quickly mm. um, the downside for the non-craft areas is where they've tried to make uh, learning more active and more group work they've, they've, they've shied away from group work so although you see people working in pairs and mm -hmm. roles that they're sitting in, you're less likely to see learners kind of getting around the table and having a good chat and being very involved in the learning. And that's a shame, really, I have to say, because that's, that's something where you see some very productive learning taking place. But what staff have attempted to do, where I've seen it, is they've either um, delivered technical aspects through uh, individual exercises to make sure that it, it isn't too teacher-led, or in paired work. And even with paired work, um, in some classes, being two metres apart, because some are still using a blended model, so they're two metres apart, is very difficult. Mm. I think teachers are finding it difficult to do that. But I do see, and I have seen, um, far more creative uh, resources used so rather than flat PowerPoints, where you think, I'm only going to use that for the first five minutes, and I'll dive into something that's a lot more student-centred, um, sort of far more engaging materials, better use of videos, better use of technology in that sense. If you move to classrooms where there's IT, mm -hmm. that makes it easier. For those staff that have got command of things like Imperial, so they can share screens, look at student screens, interact with them, even though you're in the same room, which is a bit off-putting when you see it. They stay at their console, the student stays at a different console, and where you have that, you can see that there's interaction and one-to-one -one support. They can also create kind of uh, almost breakout rooms where they will converse uh, and learners will work together or share screens. There's things that can be managed to do that. But that requires a very technical skill from the teacher. Mm. We've just got to remember, what I think you should remember, is that we're asking a kind of revolution in, in the space of a couple of months. We just can't demand that. Yeah, I think that's really important as well that you know we're trying as a college, aren't we, to upskill our staff with digital yeah. skills and we've got some who are embracing it and really going forward with that and then others who are really reluctant because of their lack of confidence yeah. and yeah. are worried if somebody you know, somebody sees them and they're not doing well, yeah. how that's I, going to impact. As, as, a, as somebody who does walkthroughs, um, and I know this is the case for everybody that does walkthroughs, you're kind of more interested in risk takers. Yeah. People who are experimenting. I'd rather feed back to somebody and say, <clears throat> you know, that didn't work. I can tell you it didn't work. And that person saying, yeah, I know it bombed, in it? That's not going to lead to some sudden draconian measure taking place. That's quite good. You know, we're all learning as we do stuff. I know my teaching practice now, 
I'm used to being able to sit next to somebody and demonstrate something, whether it's technical within um, the accounting field or whether it's something to do with software. Well, now I spend half my life um, kind of videoing myself on a Zoom meeting and sending videos out to learners to say, right, watch this, this is me doing a demonstration or whatever. Or, in some cases with part-time learners, getting them to log in remotely and share their screens with me. Well, I'm not, it's not that I've been on a course for that. I've just basically made a lot of mistakes as I've tried to experiment with that. And there's a number of times <laughs> you've come and seen me and would have said, oh my God, because I am struggling with that. Mm. You know, I've not seen uh, all the departments, but I do know I've got feedback from some departments that have done really, really well with the kind of virtual model where people are coming in. I struggled with that, yeah. I have to say, because my teaching model is one where I would perhaps uh, project something onto a whiteboard and then I would annotate around that. Mm. And of course, if you turn a camera onto that, the projector flickers. So the student at home is in effect getting strobe lighting effects. Now I didn't know that until the first class, until there was a lot of chat going, what are you doing? It's like a disco back here. So I've had to change my model. Mm. In fact, I took a decision that I moved away from virtual and I went to a kind of blended model quite quickly because of that, because I didn't know how to overcome that technical yeah. aspect. And I think teachers need confidence to understand that we see things like that. That doesn't reflect badly. Yeah, and I think it's important. I've done the virtual model and mm. had exactly the same issues yeah. where I've really had to try where the camera is, how I'm doing things, what resources work, realising that if I, I put a link to a video on YouTube and we watch it in the class, they can't watch it at home. So they've got to have that open on the VLE so they can access yeah. it in that way. Yeah. Um, and what we found after the first week when the learners that were at home came into college, we just said, right, okay, you tell us. We were dead honest. You tell us, what did you like? What didn't you like? What worked? What do you think would improve it? And I think it's having that confidence to actually say to your learners, I'm learning. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and we're trying things yeah. and we've just had to just yeah. suddenly, I think it's really interesting that you said you started off in virtual and then you've changed to blended. Yeah, yeah, and I think yeah. it's having that confidence to sort of say, well, I've tried this. Yeah. And it's not because I'm not good at it. It's because maybe that's not the right model for this group of learners or this topic. Yeah. And we've got to just keep trying. I, do, I know that I am a little bit old school in my view that the person in charge of that learning environment is the teacher, mm -hmm. not the program manager, not the centre director, not the deputy principal. That is, you're in charge of that environment. All anyone should ever care about when somebody comes in is that they would get an honest reflection on the impact they're having. So I'm hoping that staff out there are experimenting more than mm -hmm. anything else because every report you will see, you know, whether it's Ofsted coming in and changing or whatever, are all scrabbling around for how do we do this effectively? Mm. And I think that's dead important. Um, it's a different thing when you see and go into craft areas. Because with craft areas, um, you know, by the very nature, a lot are kind of demonstration and practice mm -hmm. models. There's a, there's a demonstration of something and then there's a practice. And with a craft area, it's going to be heavily weighted to practice. You know, mm -hmm. whether it's, it's hair and beauty like in my centre, or catering, or art and design. It's about the learner doing something. In that case, you know, the teacher struggles 
because the teacher wants to go around and see what you are doing. Mm. You know, there isn't a computer screen there. You want to see it. And there, you do see that. You see teachers that uh, are basically said, well, in that case, it's PPE and I'm off. I'm mm -hmm. off in and amongst my learners, which, again, is the right decision. You know, for you in your teaching practice, you need to see what they're doing. You can't be stood at the front and shouting 10 metres down to say, well, can you just hold that up and I can see what it is. So spacing your learners out and doing that. So I think in terms of impact, there's been less. But where I've seen it probably um, work effectively is those that have managed to hang on to a blended model for longer so that there's less in the class. Mm. And that, in effect, you, you, the blending model, what you're flipping the learners to do, whether it's kind of research or vi watching videos or seeing the demonstration from that side, um, and then focusing and making your in-class sessions very practical. Because, you know, you can't take, I don't know, if you were doing art and design, you're doing a 3D sculpture, I can't say to them, oh, you can take the acetylene torch off <laughs> and continue with it. Or... You know, the health and safety implications mm. of doing a beauty treatment, you know, it is, this is why colleges exist. There are certain things you cannot let people do at home. Mm. You know, if you were a motor mechanic, you know, can you imagine if we suggested you strip down, you know, your mum or dad's car, and then you, but you couldn't put it both back together properly. There are things we can't do. So again, I've seen people really, really focus heavily on the practical. Mm. And I've noticed that on my walkthroughs. Um, but that the teacher themselves um, has taken a decision to say, you know, I've got my visor, in some cases I've got gloves, I've got masks, I've got mm -hmm. whatever, which is kind of alien because teaching is a kind of, I don't know, there's a connection between you yeah. and the learner, isn't there? And all yeah, of a sudden definitely. you've got loads of barriers between you. So I think craft and non-craft, I've seen a difference mm -hmm. where practising the craft areas is saying when you're in, it's very practical because you can't do that at home. Where... Uh, the non-craft areas, it has been a change of teaching practice. Uh, the negatives, I would say, uh, that I've seen is something that we have yet to come up with an idea to overcome, and I haven't, and that is the kind of almost end of group work. Yeah. Uh, it's died. It's died in the last three mm. months because of what we're asking of teachers. And that's a shame mm. because that, I can, I've started to appreciate it more. It's not just that it's a great learning model, um, there are mental health benefits to learners working with each other and talking and conversing about something other than the problems in their life. What about conversing about something you want yeah. them to learn about? And um, I've yet to see, and I didn't expect to, mm. I generally didn't expect to, I've yet to see a group activity. And it's at the end of the first term. Yeah. Normally you'd see that day one. Yeah. Day one you'd have a more like I think what's really hard as well, so... Like you were saying before, I quite often in my classes, I've got three, you know, a row of three. So those three will talk to each other and work together. But because we've got to have a seating plan, they're not. And we, we do revise that when we've got a, a break so that we can mix that up. But you're not doing so. My learners are early years and normally I'd be getting them to work with people so they can share experiences from different placements. But they're not in placement. Um, and just getting 
it's also affected that meets individual needs because your differentiation where you would normally think, right, okay, this learner's really strong in this area and I know these two are struggling a bit, so I'll group them together to work together and support each other. You've now lost the ability to do that. And on the virtual learning, in some ways I could still do that because those that were at home, I, I used Zoom because I preferred it. Yeah, yeah. I found it more effective in the breakout rooms. Breakout rooms yeah. So I could... And they, the learners loved that, that they got the breakout rooms, they could have those conversations. And it was great for me just to drop in, but I didn't even need to worry because they were that happy, like you said about mental health, to be in a safe space talking to each other. But within the classroom, yeah. we still couldn't do that. So yeah, yeah. it there's so many challenges. And like you say, it's just how we come. It is. But it's dead important that all yeah. the teaching staff understand that it's not just them in their classroom, that if people... Uh, from uh, observation teams and program managers, it, it, we're all in the same boat. Mm. I, as a practitioner, I'm in exactly the same boat. You know, mine all sit in rows. There is very, <laughs> you know, it, it literally is a, 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 mm. a, you could take a picture and compare it to a Victorian school and it'll look the same. So that kind of push that we've had is difficult. But what I would encourage staff to do is, is definitely just experiment. See what works, and if you find something, share it. Yeah, and I think that's Just really important. Share it, whether it's like through the, the advanced practitioners, mm. and they can then get it out and about mm -hmm. to each other through the quality unit, or push it up to your program manager, and make sure it's discussed at your team meetings. You know, we are teachers, and the craft of teaching has developed. You know, it is not the same today as it was when I was doing my teaching qualification, sort of twenty-eight years ago. It has changed mm. and developed. And it kind of changes and develops and reacts, not just to the circumstances, although this is the biggest change in circumstance anyone in the profession has ever come across, but also as learners change. Our learners are different learners than they were 20 odd years ago. So I think that's important because you just want teachers to be confident and not deaf with the one thing, if I hear it, kind of it makes you sad. It's somebody saying, yeah, but if you saw that, would you give me a, and you think, I'm not grading you. Yeah. I'm not interested in grading you, I'm here to kind of nick your best ideas. <laughs> if I was being brutally honest, I say they're going, that's one for me. Thanks very much. Mm. I'll take that. And I'll try and share it with other people. So that's really, really yeah. important. Yeah, and I think moving forward, that's certainly something that we're looking at doing more peer reviews and things like that. So thanks, Greg. That's been really helpful. No problem. It was really good to speak to you.